We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I'm Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois, and this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. Basics. I'm thinking we forgot to say that last week. I'm thinking you're right. <laughs> but whatever, well, it's almost Christmas, Matt. It is. You know, I was thinking last week when we got to the the stuff about the roadkill nativity, yeah. the dead nativity. People probably figured out it was yeah. the rest with the basics. <laughs> That's probably so. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> there was no doubt. We we have just a fun episode ready for you here. Uh, we've got the jalapeno chorus on the uh, the old platter there. Oh right, boy. Right to, that's all keyed up and ready to go later. It isn't Christmas without the jalapeno chorus. And and we actually did some research. We actually have some Christmas. Christmas jokes. You know, on, I mean, on occasions we tell jokes, but we wanted to have a theme show since it yes, is yes, just a, a day before Christmas Eve. So, Matt, I'll, I'll start with one. This okay. actually, Matt, I was impressed. This comes from 2003. Oh, an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, huh? yeah. That actually, my daughter sent this to me, what was that, 14 years ago. So, a blonde goes in the, and by the way, so we're dividing these jokes up, and, and Matt says, you can do that joke. And I'm thinking, why, because I'm the blonde? Huh? Is that what it is? That I that's why you no, want me? No reason why. But, you know, if we do get any letters about a blonde joke, just be sure to send them a jolly joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Same with any Polish jokes you might have. <laughs> send them to Lekomsky. So, blonde goes to the post office to buy stamps for her Christmas cards. You got your Christmas cards out? It's a little late if you haven't. You got them out? Oh, me? Oh, I thought that was part of the joke. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, All they, right. they are in the process of getting... Well, they are out, yes. Okay, well, the reason I'm asking you is because... Now, we, we got these fancy cards... Which you're getting one, by the way. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and unfortunately, you have, yes, have, yes, that's what you have to have different kinds of postage to mail them. Did oh, yeah? you know that? What kind of card are you sending? Well, I, I don't know. They're, they're thicker or heavier. Is I'm not sure what inside? it is. Oh, Maybe it's the bacon. oh, man, I wish I would have thought of that. No, no bacon. It's, but oh. apparently, people, you need to be aware of that. You can't just go get a standard stamp. Sometimes these cards need bigger, larger stamps, more expensive stamps. You didn't know that, did you? Uh, I, I was not. I thought it was pretty standard. No, it isn't. Unless it's by weight. You check but it's it out. By shape or well, I, I think shape has something to do with it too. I'm not sure. But weight is certainly a factor. Well, I'm just trying to say that this gal. You know, by the way, you know when you're when you're telling these little stories, <laughs> here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Is this all set up for the joke? Yes, yes it is. Sad to say. So well, she goes into the... Be good. She, well, I don't think it's going to be worth it. <laughs> but she goes to the post office to buy stamps for her Christmas cards. And so she says to, so it says to the clerk, may I have 50 Christmas stamps, right? Give us some beautiful oh, Christmas sense. stamps. And the clerk says, what denomination? Because that's the point. Not all cards are going to go with just a regular <laughs> okay. stamp. You might need the all more right. expensive stamp. 
camp. I think we got the point. Okay. So the clerk says, what denomination? The woman says, God help us. Has it come to this? Give me six Catholic, 12 Presbyterian, 10 Lutheran, and 22 Baptist. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's been in my file for 14 years. Maybe it should have just stayed in the file. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, Do come on. time for another Wait, No, no we got to redeem ourselves. Okay, we right. have to redeem ourselves. All right, here we go. Uh, why does Santa not complain when Dasher and Prancer take coffee breaks? Why doesn't he complain when those deer take coffee breaks? Because they're his Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Quick, good. hit, hit uh, it. Don't go ahead and get the fanfare. Oh, if you yeah. give a fanfare to that. Oh, yeah, that was All right. We had more jokes, but I think you're right. I think that's enough. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. All right. So, all right, now. There's no time for foolishness. Oh, perfect timing there, Matt. So we need to pick up something from last week. Yes. We were talking about these, these prophecies. Oh, man. The, the, the prophecy about, about the Emmanuel. The virgin will be with child. The prophecy about the branch of righteousness. The king will be called the Lord is our righteousness. Yeah, from David. So specific, those prophecies. And so now we have one final Christmas prophecy that comes from the very last words of the Old Testament. I think that's so cool. This is the last thing that God said. And then 430 years later, he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. So could you read, please, Malachi? Well, just start at verse 1. Okay. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. You shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. And, of course, we believe that's what happened to Christmas. The son of righteousness, again, as we had last week with the uh, name shall be righteousness, our righteousness. And now what's going to come from the son of righteousness? What will come from his wings? Healing. Healing. Um, So we talked, you know, we did that a few weeks ago. This is actually working out like maybe we planned this. No, no, no one, but no one would be. believe that. No. Uh, uh, so, so we have the end of the world, and we have this final judgment. Yes. And again, yeah, that's going to happen. There, there will come an end to evil. People, there's things bothering you now. If there's evil and wickedness that just troubles you, and boy, who isn't troubled by the evil and wickedness? It is going to come to an end. The scary thing, though, as you alluded to from Peter, is what if it comes to us? What if we're the ones that are being punished? Well, here's the hope. Those who fear the Lord, no, no, he's going to come with healing in his wings. And, of course, you got that beautiful Isaiah passage where it says we are healed by his, you know, his suffering. By his wounds we are healed. Yeah, there it is. But now here's actually the part where I learned something new. So it occurred to me we're in the exact same situation as Malachi, right? Uh, the world is evil all around us. That's well, You don't want to read yep. Malachi. It's a No. Horrible, horrible, terrible. It's the end of the Old Testament and things haven't got any better. We've got all the way from Genesis to, to Malachi and things are still as sinful as they ever were. So we're, we're in a world filled with sin. We don't get any more prophets, right? No prophets. We're, we're not prophets. We're not apostles. So we don't have God speaking directly to us anymore, just like it was for the people of, of, uh, of Malachi's day. Sure. So here's the advice that Malachi gives to us as we await, as we await the great day of the Lord, the day that is coming. Here's his advice, verse 4. Okay. Remember the law of my servant Moses. 
the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. All right. So basically, what? and by the way, it doesn't say law. It doesn't say law in the Hebrew. It says Torah. Uh, Matt, what's the difference between the Torah and, and law? Well, Torah, a little different meaning, deeper meaning. I mean, yeah. we think of, of multiple things, Torah instruction, and we also think even that connection to those books of Moses, the, yeah. the first five books of the Old Testament, sometimes called the Torah. So we, we might hear this, remember the commandments. That's probably how we'd hear yeah, it. But a little broader than, but, much broader than well, you, you said it. It's everything that Moses revealed to us that we need to remember. So it does include the commandments. You should love your neighbor. You should have no other gods before me. But it also includes the business about Abraham, who... Had the other, we could have done that prophecy, right? Sure. The descendant by whom all nations will be blessed. Abraham, who is saved not by what he does, but by his faith, how God delivered them from Egypt, uh, how he led them through the wilderness, even though they were idolatrous and they complained and grumbled, and yet he still brought them to the promised land. So in other words, if you, and, and by the way, I think it's neat. He doesn't say, do this. He says, remember these words. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, remember that we're sinners. You need to know the law. We're sinners. But also remember how God is always loving and forgiving, keeps his promises to sinners. No, no, I'm sorry. Here's the new thing real quick. Where does he say these words were given? Did you catch uh, that? The words command that I gave him at Horeb for all of Israel. So what's Horeb? Do you, you know what Horeb is? Um, mountain. It's a mountain. Yes. You know what mountain it is? Uh, let's see. Here. I'm telling this was new to me. Oh, so. this is. I'm, I'm guessing it's not Sinai. It like, is. It is it Sinai. Is. That's the thing. Oh, okay, it's different from Sinai. So, okay. so here's my thought when I was reading this. Why doesn't he say that? Because everybody knows Mount Sinai, right? Everybody that's listening to yeah, us that's now. Where, you know, we yeah. connect the Old Testament, the, the Ten Commandments, and exactly. Yeah. But no one knows Mount Horeb. But here's the cool thing: if you read through the Bible, on Mount Sinai, it's where God gives the commandments. And what what kind of place is Mount Sinai, Matt? You remember that from the story of Exodus 20 when He gives them the commandments? What kind of place was Mount Sinai? Well, it's, it's probably more the wilderness than anything. Well, it's a wilderness, but what else is going on top of Mount Sinai? Well, God's given His commands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're getting it. And there's a cloud that's you know it's, it's thunder and lightning and. And pretty majestic as God gives his law. And in fact, if you go up and you touch Mount Sinai, what's you're going to happen? Dead. Yeah. Even if your animal should stray, you got to kill the animal. That's Mount Sinai. Probably. Well, in fact, that's what the people said, isn't it? You go talk to him. We don't want to do anything with a God who's like that. Mount Horeb? Totally. It's the same geographical place, mm -hmm. but biblically it has a totally different image. Mount Horeb is where God comes to Moses in a burning bush and says, go deliver my people from slavery in Egypt. They're freed from slavery in Egypt. They go into the wilderness. Mount Horeb is where God gives them water from a rock, Matt, not from a spring or a well or a, a lake or a river, from a rock. And this is long before he gives them commandments. We don't even have any commandments yet. Mount Horeb is the place, though, where they sin. In fact, let me share with you a couple of scary passages about Mount Horeb, if I can find them here. Okay. You want to sing or do something while I'm looking hey, this up? Well, yeah, I'll sing. Well, speaking of singing, just briefly, yeah. this is where we get that Christmas hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Is it? Idea of risen with healing in his wings. In his wings. Body. Yeah, so it's from the, the words here of the, the prophet Malachi. So anyway, bad things about Mount Horeb. For the Lord said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. If for a moment I should go among you, I would consume you. 
And again at Mount Horeb, he says, uh, you provoked the Lord to wrath and the Lord was so angry with you that he was ready to destroy you. So we're not saying that Mount Horeb did not have negatives. Mm -hmm. It was the place where they made the golden calf and worshiped it. But what's really cool about Mount Horeb is despite the sin of the Israelites, it is where God makes a covenant with the people of Israel. This is after they've sinned. He makes a covenant with them. And it's also where he says this to them. You've stayed long enough on this mountain, he said at Horeb. I want you to go. I've set a land before you. Go and take possession of the land the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and to give them into their offsprings after them. So thank you. I just wanted to share that because I did not know. If you're going to go to a mountain, don't go to Mount Sinai. There you cannot come close to the Lord. Go to Mount Horeb. You will have to acknowledge your sin at Mount Horeb, no doubt about that. But you will also receive the Lord who forgives you, makes a covenant with you, gives you the promised land, uh, and indeed blesses you, even though you have sin. All right, that's my stuff. Thanks for the insight. Yeah. But now we got to get onto this other stuff because I've been waiting. What is the thing that I've forgotten to do that is still on my my uh, on my to do list? I'm that glad I you yes asked. yes. What is, is there that? anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? I, I want to know. Well, let's talk about it. So I realize it is December the twenty third, but there are still minutes yep. left until yep. the celebration got today, of tomorrow. Christmas, right? And as I think about uh, how close Christmas is getting, I think. Uh, you know, and we think over the past few weeks, uh, maybe the anxiety is getting to the, its climax here uh, before Christmas. And we think about what, whether we're prepared or not. Are, are yep. The question we ask ourselves, are we prepared for Christmas? Uh, Did you get the right Christmas? stamps? So you Did probably bought those, the right those denominations. lower denomination stamps. I know, yeah. I know. I can't wait to get this card in the mail and see what shape <laughs> this thing is. <laughs> By the way, I bought the I bought the cheap stamp, so you might have to pay some postage. That's what I'm letting you know. Postage due. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Thanks for the heads up. Uh, I think you know. Okay, when we ask that question, are you prepared for Christmas? And and for our listeners too, what what is it that comes to our minds? It's probably that set of things. It is. Did did I did I write all the cards? Did I I dress them? Did I send them out? Are they going to get there in time for everyone? Did I put the right postage on them? Yeah, go ahead. The the decorations, right? They need to be put up. There's there might still be a few lines to wait in. Um, You know, presents bought. Got all the presents. The the kids have. Did I forget Matt? The Christmas lines yet? You better not forgotten your co-host Matt. Uh, is is the house cleaned up entirely yet? Did the kids clean their room? I better go check the room before the Uh kids comes over. All of these things, and I think that sometimes we're tempted to think, you know, once all those things are accomplished, uh, once the cards are sent, once the decorations are perfect and the gifts are wrapped, once the house is all cleaned up, well, then then we are ready for Christmas. Yep. Right? And I think that if that's our way of thinking, and if that's all that's on our to-do list, then we've forgotten one essential item on the to-do list. Oh, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I've got to write my sermons for Christmas Eve. Is oh, that, that what you're talking about? Probably, probably good. Now, that's, that's just kind of unique to us pastor Oh, okay. Things. So that's not but, what you're alluding to. Hopefully by the 23rd, you at least have a, a rough outline <laughs> of mine. Uh, something about Jesus, I'm guessing. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, but, but really, you know, when you think about it, there, there is one thing added to our list. Uh, the world, most in the world probably have, have, doesn't even have on their list at all. One thing that God works in our lives and one thing that really, frankly, Christmas is not fully Christmas without it. All right. Cookies. You didn't mention cookies. We got to make cookies. That, that is important. Santa and Claus, that, Christmas with, with, tree. There's a void in my Christmas if there is not cookies. But, okay, that's not you know, it, though. But, but see, it, it's not okay. anything you'd expect. It's not about the cookies. It's not found in the mall. Okay, it's not found all right. Anywhere. 
it's found in well the place where it's found is a really unexpected place it's found in the wilderness okay whoa it's found in the wilderness. so so here we want to read um about the wilderness a little okay. bit. Okay. So this this voice crying out in the wilderness. Um, so from uh, Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through, uh, let's see. Uh, well, let's do 1 through 7. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. By the way, do you know Mark is the only one who calls himself a gospel? I don't know. Yeah, just a little yeah, trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Oh, there's the prophets again. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. How long did you defar? Well, well, let's, uh, uh, let's Tur- see here. Uh, yeah, go ahead and read a little more. All right, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And okay, all... Well, okay, okay we'll, that's we'll, enough. Yeah, all right. we'll, we'll stop there for okay. now. Um, but it goes on and it talks about his appearance, right? And I think people yeah. know his appearance. What does he wear? He wears camel's hair, right? Yep. He eats locusts. He wild honey, right? Um, do, do you know why, by the way, why he ate locusts with wild honey? Do you know why? Why is that? Have you ever had locusts without <laughs> well, wild honey? Oh, boy. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, oh boy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, so locust, wild honey, and then you know, the other detail too: his hair isn't cut, right? Yeah, um, yeah. His hair's not supposed to be cut. So I mean, he's this, this crazy, uncivilized-looking guy. Yeah, if this guy showed up at church on a, a Christmas Eve, you'd feel real uncomfortable, wouldn't you, Matt? Isn't that something you, yeah. you probably would? It would make yeah. a squirm a little feel uncomfortable, you know. And the thing of it is, he, he could have been like his dad. What was his dad? Zechariah, priest. He's a priest. Right? Yeah, could have been a priest, right? His mom that and dad, been okay. both from the tribe of yeah. Levi, could have been a priest, could have served. He would have you know, been dressed nicely for Christmas sure, Eve. occasionally in the temple with the robes on, the whole deal, you know. Uh, but no, instead of that, his his place of service is not at the, the temple. The wilderness. It's the wilderness. I mean, he doesn't live in a city, he doesn't live in a village, he lives in the wilderness. Yeah, the wilderness. yeah. So, so what's the deal with the wilderness? Now, crying out in the wilderness? Yeah, because actually I'm going to have to, yeah, that comes up in one of the Old Testament lessons uh, in, in the one-year lecture. And I wondered about that because it says the wilderness, it says the uh, the desert uh, yeah. is the other term used. So, okay, why? Well, and I, I think as you, you track the, the wilderness and how God uses that throughout the Bible, and I, I'm glad you mentioned the Israelites and Horeb and all those connections because you know, during those 40 years in the wilderness was really a time of, of refining them and a yep. time of teaching them and a time of repentance, really. And th- that's what happens in the wilderness. God refines his people. God humbles his people. Um, and here, John is certainly doing that. And I think the other thing, the other reason in the wilderness is it calls us people out of out of civilization, in okay. the uncivilized, untamed wild. So out of the comfort of you know our cushy homes, out of the comfort of our material possessions that we might think that our life is wrapped up in and it causes out to where there's nothing and, and out of the comfort of our own works and righteousness too yes. right man yeah out of all of those things into the wilderness yeah yeah um so it, it's it makes people not only is john making people uncomfortable perhaps even being in the wilderness that makes people uncomfortable it would make me uncomfortable yeah but yet that's that's why people need to go and that's what he has a message they need to hear um and his message is something that again Without it, Advent really hasn't been an Advent, a time of preparation. Our Christmas really won't be Christmas. And what is John's message? If you had to sum it up in one word, John, what would you say John the Baptist's message is? Well, in fact, I think it's what the Bible says, repent. Yeah, so that message is repent, repent. You know, John convicts us 
of being sinners. He convicts us that we're lost, that we need that change of heart, that we need to turn away from our sin. And that law that God, that John preaches, that law of repent, is what prepares us then for the gospel of Christmas. And see, we're starting to get to why this is so important to, to have on our to-do list this Christmas, yes. right? Yep. Uh, because if we don't know our sin, then we don't know our need for a Savior. And if we come to Christmas without knowing our need for the Savior, well, then when we look at that little baby lying in a manger... Cute. Isn't he cute? He's so cute. He's wrapped in swaddling claws. He's a cute little prop that completes yeah. the nativity scene, right? Yeah. And he's not much more than that. Yeah. But if we come to that child lying in a manger, knowing our need for a Savior, knowing that that child is my Savior, Matt's Savior, well then, now Christmas is fully Christmas. And to know what that Savior is going to grow up and do, uh, to live that perfect life, to suffer, to die on the cross, and then to rise from the dead... That makes Christmas wor worth celebrating. That gives us true joy this Christmas. You know, it's interesting because last week, Matt, you, you led us into Isaiah 7 with a business about the the virgin giving birth. Uh, um, but Isaiah is also the one that saw what you just talked about, that this little child would grow up to be the suffering servant who is, you know, wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities so by his wounds, as, as we talked about, we are healed. But you're right, if you don't have any sins, well then... Who cares? Big deal. Who cares? So this Christmas, yes, hear John's word of repentance. Hear it this morning. Uh, hear it in your own reading of God's word. Hear it. Heed it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, God will work their repentance in your life. Uh, see that little baby for what he is, your Savior, that one that John will point to later and say, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, including yours and mine. And that makes Christmas, I mean, so much more joyful and rich and beautiful, because without that, it's just... It's just another holiday. Well, and you know, that's what the angel said, didn't Born unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I kind of think, Matt, don't you think that's why that message came to shepherds and didn't come to priests or to King Herod or to whoever was the Roman? Because those guys, they didn't need a Savior. They had, they had the, you know, everything was in their hands. They were mm -hmm. powerful. They had lots of wealth. I'm sure they thought they were basically good people. But these poor shepherds, you know, they would appreciate if a Savior had been born to them. So yes. that's yeah. a cool thought. And, and you know, it's kind of nice, Matt, that you brought it up today because we got time. It's still if, Advent. If you haven't done that's it yet, right. yeah, it's still, if we get all ready, that's uh, for Christmas tomorrow night. Um, well, thank you, Matt. Thank You're very you very welcome. much. Yeah, so one last thing before, uh, yeah. before Christmas comes. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you had one more thing. No, no, the only okay. thing we have is the, uh, the jalapeno the, the chorus. Tradition of the, the jalapeno chorus. Yes. Better repentance, though, and the Savior. <laughs> yes. But if you have to make a choice. Yes. Yeah, let the jalapeno chorus go. Go ahead, Matt. I'm but sorry. joy in that forgiveness of the Savior, we can, we can have fun. All right. Chorus. Here we go. Let's hope it works. Hey, this is uh, Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky and Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. 
We are so glad you've been with us this whole year here at Wrestling with the Basics, and we truly do wish you a very blessed and a very Merry Christmas in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Very much so. And uh, may you know that Savior that came for you and for the whole world and greet him with repentance and faith in his name. Hi, I'm Gary Duncan. Along with my family and all of us at KFUO, I wish you a Merry Christmas. We read in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In Romans 6:23, For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ. See, when the Bible speaks of salvation, it's a gift from God. It's something given to us freely, not something we've earned. During this holiday season, I hope you're comforted by the words of Scripture. Also, during this time of giving, please pray for KFUO. Pray that we continue to have the resources needed to proclaim Christ worldwide. We read in Romans, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Our mission at KFUO is to proclaim the word of Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Would you help us do that? please consider making a gift today to KFUO. Call 800-844-0524. That's 800-844-0524. Thanks for your support and Merry Christmas.